Hi, I'm Aliza, and I'm the wellness chair for SBSA. Hey, I'm Gabe, and I'm the wellness chair of BioAIMS. We want to welcome you to our podcast, Wellness Chats at Stanford, where we want to broaden the understanding of wellness in the Stanford Biosciences community. Um, so, Gabe, we have been here a full year now. Uh, we're both first years. And remember when we arrived last year, how awful it was. It was full <laughs> COVID. There were all the forest fires. The sky was red and orange every day and we couldn't go outside. The sky was literally orange when I got to California and I I was so scared. I thought I made the wrong decision of coming here. I grew up in Chicago my whole life and we have good air quality year round. We were surrounded by a body of water. So coming here was definitely scary and a big culture shock. I was, where was I? I was in New York City and then I'd gone to upstate New York for the summer and I was, and it was just so beautiful there and people were social distancing, but not that much. It just felt like a completely different world compared to leaving New York and then going, I took a train across the country and that was just, everything was just so beautiful. And then yeah, and then I got to California. I think adjusting yeah. was a little challenging too because we suddenly weren't having classes together anymore. Um, a lot of the orientation activities were canceled or they were virtual and it just makes it a little harder to connect. And so I think we really had a unique experience with mm-hmm. orientation and getting used to this first year because we missed out on a lot of the basic connections that people develop um, over the course of the first year of their PhD program. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we see a necessary to pay it forward to make sure that incoming students, just students at large, know about resources as it pertains to wellness here at Stanford. We want to make that transition easier. We want to spark up some new conversations of what wellness means and what wellness could mean within this community. And so we're really fortunate to be able to present to all of you uh, the chat we had with Shelly Rasnick, who's the Director of Student Life and Wellness about tools that we can use to flourish at Stanford and really understanding what orientation looks like this year and what wellness means at Stanford. So here's a recording with Shelly Resnick. Hi, my name is Shelly Resnick. I serve as the Associate Director for Bioscience Student Life and Wellness in the Office of Graduate Education. Our office supports all the master's and PhD students broadly in the biosciences. Um, And in my role, I get to impact the holistic graduate experience, um, working to offer tools and resources to help students here thrive. That often involves working with students like Gabe and Elisa in their wellness chair roles. Um, And then I also work with a group of students called the BioPeers who help in supporting uh, peer-to-peer relationships And then beyond that, we work with different events, workshops, providing information. Um, The Office of Graduate Education, um, in my role, is often kind of a first stop uh, in helping students navigate their time here at Stanford. Yeah, so we wanted to break this down into talking about wellness in general, and then focusing more on the orientation side. So if we were to talk about wellness in general, what do you think of wellness and what approach do you take to wellness at Stanford? I think wellness is something that's really broad and that can often make it a bit hard to talk about or to summarize. Um, 
I also think it's important to recognize that wellness looks very different for each person. And that's a key component to me that the the process of wellness really needs to be self-directed. So it involves an exploration of finding things that work for you, finding things that are important to supporting you as a whole person. Um, I also think wellness is a necessary component of life, of being able to feel like you're you're thriving in your work um, and then your your personal life as well. I see sometimes, you know, people think, oh, these are extra things that I'll I'll do um, if I have the time and space to fit them in. And I think that making time and space to to care for yourself in a variety of dimensions is really important to being successful in graduate school and being successful in life. Um, I I think of wellness in a variety of dimensions. And a lot of times we talk about it um, and it's people connect with it thinking about physical health, mental health. Um, so making sure we sleep and eat and exercise and go to therapy and make time for social connections. And those are all really, really important pieces, but also recognizing that it's about feeling like you have a purpose in your work um, and in your life and whether that is directly connected to your work and your research or, or maybe it's you know beyond that in things like advocacy or or volunteering or serving in student leadership roles so one of the things I think that's important is to recognize all of these different things that that it could be and then figuring out where to prioritize and and how to make the time for these different dimensions of wellness. Like you make time for the things that you feel like you have to do. Um, because to me, this is something that you have to do um, to really feel successful and to feel fulfilled. That's, yeah, that's really powerful. And something that I heard that you said is that's like sticking out to me is the agency that we have in shaping our wellness and the agency we have in exploring our wellness and how personalized it is. Um, could you speak a little bit more on the, the difference between like health and wellness and like, are they the same thing and are, do they both support our flourishing? That's a good question. Um, I think that they're interconnected. So hmm. it would be hard to feel like you're flourishing if your health is not where it needs to be. You know, if, if you're dealing with chronic illness, um, if you're having struggles with your mental health, then I think it's really hard to say that you're thriving, that you're flourishing. Um, and so oftentimes, if you're beginning a journey towards kind of enhancing your well-being, then health might be the place that you start, really thinking about the health behaviors, how you're taking care of yourself, is key to having the energy and the space to engage with the other dimensions. So things like giving back um, and, and volunteering or being able to engage in a higher level of thinking, exploration, creativity, all kind of depends on um, 
how you're taking care of yourself to have the space to do that. But at, I think at the same time, you can be, um, I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> you can feel, um, you can be really healthy. You can take care of yourself physically um, and you can still not feel fulfilled. You cannot feel well because you're neglecting some of the other dimensions of your well-being. I think that's also an important piece to recognize that they're interconnected, that you cannot completely ignore some aspects of your overall life and experience and still feel like you are, are flourishing. Um, and I think that can be really, really complicated and, and feel like a lot, especially if this is something that you haven't thought a lot about because there are so many components and that's why it can even be difficult to, to talk about wellness so broadly um, because it feels like a lot, like I need to do this and this and this. Um, but part of it is getting started is figuring out like, where am I already doing well there are probably pieces that just naturally without even thinking about you're connecting with you're taking care of it and you could probably say I'm really thriving in that area and then on the flip side of that looking and saying okay where are the pieces that I feel like I could do better or this isn't quite working for me and those areas are where I would really encourage people to focus you know let the let the areas that you're doing great in be um you know, honor that you're, you're doing things right, you're doing things well, and then think about like, where, where do I want to make some change? How can you you set goals for your well being and, and reevaluate and see, after you've made some changes, how do you feel? Where are you it, kind of in this space? Because wellness is a process, it's ever evolving, it's something that will never just be done. Um, it requires continuous reflection um and changes yeah and i think that's what's so difficult for me sometimes is i'm a very goal oriented person i like to do lists i like to cross things off my to-do list and i think what you're saying is that there can't be a to-do list to be well um it'll be infinitely long and it'll be super personalized um so i think that it's really helpful to kind of reframe the way i think of wellness in that way because yeah it's it's like it's not something that you can just accomplish at the end of the day but it's a process it's something that I'm always working towards. Um, and I think that's it's really helpful to keep in mind. I can absolutely relate to that too. I am very much somebody that likes to have things done, um, get them out of the way and wellness is never done. And I, I think that's even something as a person that focuses in this space to recognize that I don't ever have it all figured out, that there are always areas where I recognize I'm not, I'm not taking care of them. Um, I'm not spending the time where I want it to be. And it's a, it's a really a day-to-day check-in of noticing how I feel when I, I let the, the pieces of my well-being that I know are helpful to me um, go because I get so caught up in work or other responsibilities and so I don't make time to sleep like I want to, or, you know, exercise is something that's really important. And I can recognize the difference when I have a week that I'm not really doing those things. And sometimes I just have to be okay with that. <laughs> um, I, you know, having a few days or even a week or two where your priority shift, I think is okay, but it's also recognizing when I need to come back to that because I don't 
I don't feel well. I don't feel like I'm, I'm thriving in my role or in my life. And so kind of knowing it's because I'm not making the space for this and being able to reset those goals and reconnect with what I, I need to be doing. Something you mentioned that I thought was really interesting in terms of the health and wellness aspect and the difference between them has been with COVID, where some of us have been really fortunate to still be healthy throughout this entire pandemic, but that doesn't mean that we were well. And so I wanted to talk about what that looked like here while you were on campus Mm -hmm. and how you saw the shift in wellness and the way that people thought about wellness really change as we were going through this pandemic. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, One of the interesting pieces for me around the pandemic is, especially I think in graduate school or, you know, being on a university campus, there are so many, typically so many opportunities to engage socially. And so in my work with wellness, that hasn't been an area where there's had to be a lot of focus of creating those opportunities. Typically they exist. And throughout the pandemic, that was one of the first pieces of well-being that that really left for people just feeling isolated, not having social connections, um, particularly for students that were new to this community and were only really able to participate in things in a virtual space. So there's still opportunity to participate and to be around people in a virtual setting, but the ability to forge those meaningful social connections was not the same as it was in person. And I think there were a lot of efforts to to try to recreate that um, ability to have meaningful interactions and, and some were successful, but that was a challenge. And I think it remains to be a challenge even thinking now about having more opportunities to be in person. It's how do we come back to this knowing that we were away from being in groups of people, um, just being able to kind of casually interact with people. It's really different. Um, And so I, I think one of the biggest concerns and one of the focuses of thinking about how we reintegrate into whatever our new normal looks like is thinking about the social aspect of this and how to um, help people feel comfortable through that. And what does it look like now to engage in our social well-being? I think um, some positives as well with the (laughs) pandemic is it challenged us to really think about the ways that we we're supporting our community and the accessibility for wellness. Um, often it was in-person workshops or in-person opportunities to engage. And it really at least opened my eyes to we we're missing populations that might not be able to come to this place on campus um, or might not feel comfortable just walking into uh, a space to, to be around people for whatever reason. And I think that's something that's important to think about as well of knowing that wellness is a crucial component for everyone's life experience, graduate experience, and making sure that they have the abilities to engage with resources as they need. So being able to look beyond, this is just a workshop that we can offer or or, um, 
an event that will enhance well-being in some way, but thinking about all the different components that could help people explore what this means for them. So some of this is about resources. Some of this is about um, ways to engage at their own comfort levels to figure out what it is that they really need. Yeah, and I think with that is kind of this big resounding point that wellness should be accessible to all people. And with the pandemic, it was it was hard to do that. It was hard for everyone to feel comfortable um, in the same space. And I, I imagine that was one of the challenges, but can you also speak to some of the the resiliency in our community in Stanford, like where you saw like bright spots throughout this past year of community coming together and to make sure that everyone was included? Yeah, I think um, one of the factors of why it's so important to engage in wellness is the ability to be resilient, to bounce back from adversity, to be flexible in whatever comes your way. And in order to do that, it, it requires health, as we talked about, being physically healthy, um, mentally healthy, but also taking care of yourself in vast ways so that you feel like you have the energy to engage with whatever comes your way. Um, and I, I did see that, I think, especially in our bioscience students is things were hard and things were constantly um, changing. And so there were a lot of unknowns, but they saw the importance of figuring out how I'm going to exercise now that I can't go to the gym because I know this is an important thing that I need. Finding ways to still engage in mental health resources. Um, I think that was maybe one of <laughs> one of the wins was being able to adapt to virtual therapy sessions and having more flexibility with what that looked like and um, when they were able to engage in, with sessions because it wasn't um, you know some of the the travel time and figuring out how I'm going to get to these places. So there was a there was a quick adaption I think into accessibility of some of these general things that really are crucial to supporting student life. And I think beyond that, recognizing what each individual needs to support themselves and to kind of make it through their day. There's a shift, I think, from this nine to five, our work hours where everything's happening and um, realizing that not every single person has to kind of fall into that time frame and having flexibility to support yourself and however it's going to work best for you. Like if you need to have a chunk of research, but have time to take for yourself, whatever that looks like, giving people the flexibility to do that. Um, I think as kind of a society, we've gotten less rigid about the ways that things have to be done because we've spent so much time just figuring out like, okay, how do we still do this despite everything that's happening around us? And I think that that is something I'm really excited about in terms of self-care and supporting overall wellness because giving people the flexibility to do what they need to do for themselves opens up a lot of possibilities for being able to fit in these different components of, of wellness and to feel like you're in control of your life, of the things that you want to do, um, and to have some of the freedom 
to schedule that or to make time for it as you desire. And so as we're transitioning out of this period, hopefully we're transitioning out of this period, um, what do you see as the wellness needs of the community? And what do you want to happen in terms of wellness at Stanford as we move into the fall? I hope that we still have flexibility um, so that we can remember the things that worked better, worked well um, during the pandemic and not just completely shift back to, okay, let's do it the way that it was before. I think that there are really great pieces of our pre-COVID life that I'm excited to get back to, but there are also wins from the times that we spent um, kind of during quarantine and not always being in person. Um, you know, for a bit, things slowed down a little bit. We pulled back to really think about how we could continue to work, continue to connect um, despite the circumstances. And I, I think that is a piece that I would love for us to kind of hang on to is having space to take, be with our families, be with our friends. Um, I maybe don't want to say that because I think it was the opposite for some of the students. Um, but space to do what we need and to not always feel like we have to be in one place, I think is really important. Um, beyond that, I think there was a lot more recognition of the importance of wellness and, and caring for ourselves. Um, we saw through you know, all the traumas of the last year that, that people were struggling and we could recognize that as a community um, and, and talk about those things and give people space when they needed to step back and take care of themselves. And I really hope that that's something that we can continue to talk about as a community broadly, that when people are struggling, they feel empowered to speak up, um, you know, whether that's with faculty, with advisors, or, you know, speaking out some of the resources that are available in our community, because there are so many of them, but there are people here to help. And I think asking for help when you need it is something that I, I hope will continue. I hope that people will remember to do. And then maybe on the, the support side of it is continuing to have flexibility for how we help people and really meeting each individual where they are. Um, because there's not, as we talked about, there's not a one size fits all approach and it's having creativity. It's having flexibility and being able to give people what they need in that moment for themselves. And continuing on that string of resources, what are some resources that you can point new students to that are coming in the fall and coming weeks? I have to plug the Office of Graduate Education, of course, as a great starting point. Um, one of the things I've learned at my time at Stanford is that there are so many resources to support you in so many different ways, but that can also be overwhelming if you don't even know where to start. And as we've talked about with wellness, it's broad, it's multidimensional. So there are resources to support you if you need help financially. There are resources to help you if you need to focus on your mental health. There are resources for your physical health. And so 
it's great that there are resources for each of these different components and you can recognize where you need help and then get the support to address that. But if you don't even know where to start with that, um, I think the Office of Graduate Education, OGE, is we're always available to talk to you. Um, and so you can let us know what you're thinking and we can give some options or make some connections that way. I'll also plug the BioPeers group. So we have about 10 current bioscience students that are familiar with resources, trained in peer mentoring, and are happy to and excited to talk to students in our community. They have experience utilizing some of these resources. So that's another, if you'd rather talk to a student, reaching out to them, scheduling a time to talk, um, and they can help you explore what, what might make sense. I think it's also important to note that we have a dedicated mental health resource in the School of Medicine. The mental health team is a team of uh, clinicians and we're in the process of hiring a psychiatrist that is free for all of our bioscience students. You don't have to worry about insurance or anything like that. They provide um, goal-oriented care so you can have sessions with them to help you work through anything that you might need to provide medication if, if that's something that you're looking for as well. So that's always available in addition to the broader community resource of CAPS, Counseling and Psychological Services. Either of those are open to you just depending on what would be the best fit. And then um, I think coming into graduate school can some financial concerns and there are a lot of really really helpful financial resources at Stanford um, broadly through financial aid uh, there's an emergency grant and aid that can help cover costs from computers um, or any technology needs to unexpected medical expenses that come up so definitely something um, on a rolling basis you can apply as you have financial needs and then specific for the bioscience community, there is a hardship fund that supports um, emergency grant aid. So anything that's not covered, you might have opportunities to get it covered through um, the hardship fund um, or, or other you know, unique needs that might come up. I would say anytime that you are concerned about a financial cost to seek out those resources and know that they're there to support you because that's another part of being able to take care of yourself holistically is being able to afford the things that you need. One of our, like our final questions for you is what is your community wish for our Stanford community going into this next year? My wish for our bioscience community is that we continue to engage with each other, um, with the resources and the opportunities that are available and that our students feel empowered to take care of themselves and to ask for what they need. I think too often I've seen um, people get caught up in research or classes and, it, and that's understandable because for most people that's the reason that you are here is to learn and to grow and I think that's really important. But I also really hope that our students will see the importance of taking care of themselves as a whole person. Um, I think one of the reasons I'm so passionate about working with this community is because of the opportunities as you're 
learning and figuring out what you want for your career and your life, um, wellness is a part of that. Being able to still make time for the things that you need, for the things that you enjoy is a part of making sure that you're energized to sustain your career, um, to continue to be excited about the work that you're doing. Um, and, the, you know, even even as you face setbacks or you make um, transitions along the way, I mean, that's completely normal. But being able to take care of yourself so that you continue showing up and you continue um, to love the work that you do, I think is really important. And that's a piece that can be hard to make time for, especially um, as a student where you feel like some of your time is directed by requirements or, or other people, but not being afraid to schedule time for yourself or time for your well-being the way that you would um, other commitments. I, I think that's something that's really important. And I, I hope that we continue to do that or, or try that um, if it's something that's been hard in the past. And if you're figuring out how you make it all work, um, seek out some of these resources and these people that are here to support you in that journey. No, that really resonates with me. Uh, when I got here to Stanford, it was hard for me to reconcile coming into this new identity of being a scientist, but not being, not having that as my like primary identity. Like I had to remind myself that, oh, I can like not read a paper at midnight because like I'm not a scientist at midnight. I can just be Gabe and like watch Netflix, you know? <laughs> um, so I think that's really important to remind myself, like not only myself, but other people of. Yeah, totally. I agree. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's also important to remember that you can have many hats at the same time and not just be defined by like scientist Gabe and then like <laughs> at home Gabe. Yeah. So you can be all those things at the same time. Thank you so much, Shelly. And we just had one final question, which is what is nourishing you this week? Oh, it is a busy week, so it's hard to find nourishment sometimes. But um, I would say my dog... I have a nine-year-old Australian Shepherd, and part of my joy of working at home sometimes is getting to spend more time with her. And she reminds me to just slow down and to do nothing sometimes. She loves to lay around on the couch, and sometimes I see her in this chill state as I'm like running around doing all these things, and it reminds me to pause and to just sit and be and breathe, and I always need more of that, so... I appreciate her. That's great. That's amazing. I love Australian Shepherds so much. <laughs> They're like always trying to hurt me, They're like nipping at my ankles. It's amazing. <laughs> what about you, Gabe? What's been nourishing you this week? Nourishing me this week? Um, oh my God. So Lord, the music artist, just released a new song yesterday. And it's called Moodering. Not to like plug Lord or anything, but I think it's a great song. So that's been nourishing me. Specifically the music video. The music video is great. I will check it out. I have not heard that. It's great. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, and I, Lisa, what's nourishing oh, you? Um, I, it's been a rough week, I would say, uh, in general. But I just signed up for a cheese club. Oh. And so I think once a month I get like three local cheeses. And I'm very, very, very <laughs> excited about that. That's it is so nourishing cool. me physically and also just mentally so i'm yeah i'm looking forward to that 
again, Shelly, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been so much fun to talk to you and have you on the show. Want to learn more about wellness in the Stanford Biosciences? Visit biosciences.stanford.edu for more info, or keep an eye out for wellness-sponsored events in your email. Music by Poddington Bear. Special thanks to BioAIMS, SBSA, and OGE.